Hello and welcome to the Vorthos cast. I'm Jay Anelli. I'm Lorelai Weissalabrizzi. I'm Brian Dawes. And I'm Cristolano. And today we have a very special guest, one of the architects of early magic story, Jeff Gomez. Jeff, can you introduce yourself? Hey there, people. So glad to be here. I'm a fan of the of the show. Oh God, please tell me you haven't listened, <laughs> oh, no, to, you haven't listened to too <laughs> much of right us. Here. Yes, I do. Oh, from time to time. (laughs) Awesome. Okay. Uh, So, Jeff, can you, we're going to talk a little bit about the new story and the reason we brought you on. uh, But can you talk a little bit about um, who you are and what you do? Sure. Um, uh, Hello, everyone. Uh, Feel free to connect with me in any way you like. Um, uh, My name is Jeff Gomez. I'm the uh, chief executive officer of Starlight Runner Entertainment. uh, one of Starlight Runner's very first projects uh, was to represent uh, be the company to take in money <laughs> when I freelanced. <laughs> and one of my first uh, uh, freelance jobs was the, the Magic the Gathering uh, storyline. Um, uh, my, my current job is that of producer. And essentially, my job is to work with... Um, a, uh, these uh, uh, big entertainment properties, Hollywood properties, video game properties, and help them flesh out their universes and help those universes to operate in concert across multiple media platforms. Um, so I'm kind of a transmedia storyteller. Uh, I've invented a few uh, uh, universes that have uh, uh, met with some success. And I've gotten to work on some amazing ones uh, like um, uh, Hot Wheels Universe and um, Avatar, Pirates of the Caribbean, Transformers, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Men in Black, just many of them, Spider-Man and so forth. So um, I'm like a super professional nerd. (laughs) <laughs> that's what that's what we like to hear. That's what we like to hear. And the reason we have you on here is because one of those properties was Magic the Gathering. Uh, so let's let's talk real quick. Uh, so we had a brand new story called The Education of Ulf. But the story's not the big the big note about the story isn't this pretty bad Talarian student bad at magic uh, named Ulf. It is about the what he gets involved in. Uh, so Ulf is not very good at magic. What he is good at, however, is research. So he gets assigned by one of his professors to look up a book uh, to do research on Corindor, uh, which is, well, first of all, since we have you actually here, Jeff, is that how you say it, Corindor, since you're the one who that is the exact pronunciation? <laughs> oh, oh, my God. That's Jay surprising for me. Correct. On the first yeah, try. That's, I'm a that's little amazing. Surprised. Blasphemy. That's amazing. <laughs> Uh, so the book has a secret about Sulkanar, who in current magic story may or may not have uh, kind of taken over Corindor and, and kicked the Carthalians, who we've talked about on at length in this podcast, uh, kicked them out. Uh, but as he discovers the secret, Phyrexian sleeper agents start revealing themselves all over the academy. Uh, and Ulf essentially has to run and hide until this beefy, older, elder Fabio model guy shows up with his sword fo- foe cleaver <laughs> and saves the day uh, and rescues Ulf. Um, sends him on a, on a mission while he finishes off the sleeper agents and the nefarious being behind what happened in the academy. 
another planeswalker you might know named Gaedrone Dihada, although typically she's just referred to as Dihada now. That's her planeswalker type. Uh, and it's revealed at the very end that Dihada baited, essentially um, set up this whole scenario to bait Jared into showing <laughs> up and uh, getting back involved in the Corridor stuff, which definitely doesn't sound like something she would do. Sarcasm is biting. You know, lure someone with a book that will uh, convince them to, to go on some sort of quest. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. So, um, so Jeff, let's start uh, a little bit. So these are characters that were from the uh, original Armada comics. Can you talk a little bit about what Armada was uh, and what like the environment was for for the story at that time? Uh, sure. Um, and and you know this is kind of going to be an info dump. So jump in and 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 help me clarify along the mm-hmm. way. Uh, That's exactly you know. what our our listeners love, though, is the <laughs> giant info dump. <laughs> um. Uh, I had uh, been working for uh, Valiant Comics, which at the time was a very popular comic book company in the early 1990s uh, that had been uh, um, uh, successful with uh, a mess of titles, one of which was uh, a Turok, Dinosaur Hunter. And um, um, I was a a gamer. I had uh, played Dungeons & Dragons for years, uh, starting from around 1979. And, and I slowed down around 1990, 91. Uh, but uh, in the later part of my gaming career, I actually published uh, a, an, a role-playing game magazine called Gateways. Um, uh, I, it was self-published, um, but it, it got picked up uh, nationally uh, in bookstores and hobby shops. And Gateways was special because we paid attention to all kinds of role-playing games, not just Dungeons & Dragons. And um, and so we we had fans. Um, uh, some of them were uh, uh, Richard Garfield and uh, Jonathan Tweet and and a number of of people who were involved in the founding of uh, Wizards of the Coast. And um, uh, uh, at uh, Valiant, um, Valiant got purchased by a video game company called Acclaim Entertainment, and they they're the ones who did Mortal Kombat and. Um, <laughs> Um, and because I understood games and game theory, and, and not many other people at the, at the company did, they were comic book people, uh, I volunteered to kind of form the bridge between the two companies, and I chose Turok as the first Nintendo 64 video game from Acclaim Entertainment. Mm, okay. Boy, was that successful. Oh, yeah, I definitely, yeah, as you someone remember? who was... Yeah, Come yeah, on. yeah, I... Um, I'm I'm not that young. <laughs> I'm young enough to have been allowed to play Turok at the time. Did I act? Did I own Turok? No. Did I play it at friends' houses? Yes. I owned it for a couple of days, and then my mom saw it, and she's like, "Oh, that has guns and, and stuff." Yeah, you don't need that. So, oh, <laughs> my mom was that kind of mom. The <laughs> well, um, uh, the the way that I adapted the story. And, and the way that I understood um, what the technology can do with story ma- convinced uh, a claim that, you know, uh, they, uh, they, they might want me to stick around. And, and they asked me, well, what else is, is cool? Let, what, what other games can we do that are not from the Valiant universe and so forth? And, um, and I said, well, you know, um, there is a new um, uh, 
you, you know, a paper game, a, a cardboard game called Magic the Gathering. And I know about it because some friends of mine uh, created it. And uh, what, what, what makes me think it's going to be super successful is that it's already annoying school teachers. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. Um, if something pisses off a school teacher, invest in it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's ahead. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, so they said, well, um, y- you know, uh, let's investigate. What is it? Uh, uh, tell us about it. And, and I, I, put, I actually put together a presentation. And um, and they flew me to Renton, Washington, uh, to speak with the Wizards of the Coast team. Um, Magic was was just uh, you know uh, starting to boom, you know. So this was um, this was after the dark. They were heading. They were they were just starting to prepare Ice Age. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if any of you remember back that far, but um, <laughs> um, you know they they. Um, uh, I, when I talked to them, of course, they knew me and trusted me, but said, you, you know, what, 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 what will we do with, with magic, with Acclaim? And, and I said, well, the beauty here is that Acclaim handles multiple media platforms. There can be comic books, there can be video games, and there's this new thing called the web. Um, oh, and, and I would like to somehow leverage all three of these media to tell Magic the Gathering stories. And they said, well, you know, what world is it? Our, our cards are from all kinds of different worlds. And, and I said, well, you know, I'd love to be the rug that ties the room together. <laughs> and, um, uh, you know, and, and I'm, I'm fascinated by this concept of Dominaria. And, um, and they said, well, you know, we have some vague idea of what dominaria is but but yeah it's it's sort of several very different kinds of ideas mm-hmm. um yeah. and, and i said well you know let me develop the world and and give me a, a space on that world a, a continent uh where i can uh, uh create the origins of some of your greatest characters uh that that aren't already attributed somewhere mm-hmm. And um, uh, and in, in a kind of fractal way, we can radiate out from there to explain what happens with Ice Age and what's what's happened with uh, your Legends characters, and um, uh, you know, and what's going to be happening after Ice Age, mm-hmm. and, and so forth. And they said, "You got thirty days." <laughs> <laughs> Sounds easy. No problem. Honestly, you can fit like a week break in there. That's too much time. Uh, so did you, you developed a pitch for them? What was your, do you remember what your initial, uh, like actual story pitch was for them? My, my initial, uh, uh, the, the, first of all, walking into Wizards of the Coast at that time, guys, uh, was beyond anything I could have, have dreamed. I had visited a few um, uh, 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 adventure game companies in my time. Mm-hmm. There was West End Games in New York. There was Palladium Books in in uh, 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 Detroit, Michigan. Um, uh, they were small little outfits. Wizards of the Coast was astounding, a- and they were rolling in dough. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so they had like props for movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And, 
the the decor and how many people were there it was just huge and so i got intimidated a, a little bit and i left there uh kind of scared <laughs> you know creatively scared for the first time in my career uh, you know um I, I was always kind of the nerd of in the room who knew what was going on uh and and <laughs> you know 30 days to create a world worthy of of these cards and th this incredible creativity was it was daunting. Um, and in the end, I, I was just starting to run out of time. So uh, you know what I did? I, I looked back at my Dungeons & Dragons campaign, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, which was entirely original. I did not base my, my campaign on anything that belonged to TSR. Um, uh, and, and, because I had studied Tolkien and I'd studied, you know, a lot of the uh, mm -hmm. the, the great ancient uh, uh, myths and um, epics and, and so forth. I had created my own world. And at the heart of that world was a land called Corindor. Mm -hmm. okay. um, and I decided to take a, a giant bulldozer. <laughs> <laughs> Goop up under it and pull it out of my uh, uh, campaign and slap it down into the middle of Dominaria. Um, Excellent. And, um, and from there, guys, because uh, uh, magic consisted of so many profound archetypes, you know, very powerful characters, but in, in many ways, of course, familiar fantasy tropes. Mm -hmm. It was really just a matter of taking my guys, uh, my, my characters, uh, and swapping out the proper nouns mm. in many cases. In some cases where there wasn't uh, uh, the ability to replace that character, um, uh, I used one of my own from Corindor in my campaign. And, of course, I was helped by a, a tremendous staff at uh, Wizards of the Coast that, that uh, moved to my aid. Um, uh, Richard Garfield, Scaff Elias. Uh, there was a guy named John Tynes, uh, Kevin Maples, a, a number of, uh, of, of guys back uh, at that time, you know, um, uh, kind of approved my ideas before they were turned into comic book stories and, and uh, allowed me to expedite. Uh, stuff to take advantage of this huge popularity and get those comics out as soon as possible. Awesome. So, uh, the what was the first comic that was published? I don't remember which storyline was the first. You know, uh, at Valiant Comics, they they were superhero guys, so um, uh, they they looked at me funny, <laughs> and, <laughs> and fantasy was a genre that had not been successful in comics. I, I mean, almost ever. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. So, um, uh, to tell you the truth, there was a little snickering going on. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, we solicited uh, two comic books. Um, now, it was my little strategy, personally, and uh, uh, entirely self-serving that the story about Corindor go first mm -hmm. so that I can establish amongst the fans, uh, you know, that, that this uh, uh, land was important and would be playing a role in these ongoing uh, narratives. And so uh, Magic the Gathering, the Shadow Mage was the first book. But solicited uh, almost at the same time uh, was um, uh, another book called Magic Ice Age on the World of Magic the Gathering. Uh, because, of course, 
my company wanted to take advantage of the next deck that was coming out. Right. And, and, and that, would, that was scheduled to come out simultaneously with the deck. So God. both of those books were, were solicited through Diamond Distribution. Uh, Diamond awarded them Gems of the Month. And, um, and guys, they sold hundreds, plural, of thousands of copies. Oh, wow. Um, uh, it was mind-blowing. Watsy, we got Watsy to put um, some cards uh, in the uh, pack them yeah. into the common mm-hmm. um, a f- a fireball. I mean, they were kind of common cards, but mm-hmm. it was still cool. Um, and um, uh, and they they sold like thunder, man. It was great. Uh, uh, I was I was thrilled. Uh, that is awesome. Yeah. yeah, that is that is really good. So I'm actually um, I, I had introduced yourself myself on email, but you know I'm the lore master for Magic mm. now as a freelancer. I'm I'm so I'm sure you know what that's like. Uh, but I'm working with them on the Boom comics now, and I gotta say, like knowing a little bit more about the comic industry, that is that is way more impressive numbers than I was expecting for this. That's awesome. See what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Now, if you sell twenty five thousand copies, that's not bad, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, uh, yeah, hundreds of thousands. We, you know, we were selling. Um, it was it was close to six hundred thousand copies of the first two, the first number ones mm-hmm. uh, of Magic. Uh, they they dropped off, uh, and and the whole comic book industry was headed toward an implosion. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. You, you know, in the year to come, but. Um, uh, it, it did great, and I got to work with uh, some fantastic uh, comic book artists. Uh, some who hadn't worked very much in, in recent years because fantasy had gone out of style, and um, and of course I got to work with um, uh, some of the original uh, Magic: The Gathering uh, artists, uh, uh, such as the 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 person who did the um, uh, uh, the uh, what was the horsey. Nightmare. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Because you did Nightmare. One of the side comics was Nightmare on the World Nightmare on the Magic world. the Gathering. Magic the Gathering, and um, and the artist who did the card uh, painted the covers of uh, of the book, and that was was fantastic. Yeah, I was uh, actually talking to someone earlier today um, about um, Rebecca Gway's work in the Homelands comic, um, and it's just. That comic is that. That's a good one. I really like that comic. <laughs> it's spectacular. It, it was just awesome. And you know, she uh, was uh, had taken on an overwhelming challenge. Um, y- you know the the um, the cover to Homelands, mm-hmm. which she she painted the interiors, but the cover was by Hildebrandt. Mm-hmm. We wanted Rebecca mm-hmm. uh, to do the cover. But Rebecca had been bitten in the face by a dog. Oh, my <laughs> oh God. My God. Um, and it was bad. You know, she was badly injured. And, um, and so, uh, you know, she had to, um, to, to bow out early before she got the, the book done. Um, and uh, and didn't, we just didn't have the time to, to get the cover done. So we commissioned the Hildebrandts, mm-hmm. <laughs> which mm-hmm. was mind-blowing. Um, but she rallied, man, and, and the, the book is just gorgeous. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, and, and, and in the time since, I mean, Rebecca has gone down as, like, one of the fan-favorite magic artists of all time. And this is now a 30-year-old game. And uh, Absolutely. 
And uh, yeah, no, it's just uh, fantastic to see. Uh, it, it's weird. We're in, we're in an era now um, where like Rebecca's proteges are now illustrating magic cards, um, <laughs> and and so we're we're in like a next professional generation of 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 her style of work, which has been really cool. What's who's the who's the new artist that um, uh, Sam has the same last name? Yeah, Sam Sam Goy. Uh, I think it's just pronounced Gay. Uh, uh, is like a protege, un- completely unrelated, just happens to have the same name wow. and is one of the new uh, up-and-coming magic artists. Although I guess Sam's been around for a little while now. Uh, but anyway, let's talk about these uh, these comics a little more. So you were getting them started around Ice Age, so you were tying in the Ice Age stories there. God, I really like the Ice Age comics too. Just, just out of curiosity, did you have any input into the creative text for Ice Age, like where these characters Lashrak and everything else were coming from? Um, how did you, since you were working on them kind of simultaneously, um, where in the development process was that? And, and how did you work with the card team to make sure you were representing what was going to be in the set? Well, um, uh, it, it it was one of the most uh, wonderful uh, creative experiences of my life because um, because we we had gotten there early enough, uh, you know, uh, to to be even involved a little bit in in fallen empires, right? Mm-hmm. That that kind of leads okay. into mm-hmm. uh, cool. Ice Age. So um, uh, we looked at at some of those characters in fallen empires, <clears throat> and um, and decided to to link. Uh, the two uh, on a number of narrative fronts, and and so Tevish Zot, uh, the 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 evil planeswalker, um, uh, started out in uh, the Fallen Empire's comic books, and and in mm-hmm. fact uh, became um, uh, you know his origin as Tevish Zot uh, uh, came out of that. Um, uh, so yeah, I worked with um, a, a number of people at, at Watsi. Um, where where there was you know sometimes we'd be handed a sketch and, and you know we had to figure out who that guy was Leshrac mm-hmm. <laughs> you know um, and, and so forth and um, uh, and you know what was uh, fascinating was I, I said listen how does this end <laughs> you know <laughs> how do we how do we get out of the ice age you know it does end because this is the past and they said well we're you know, we're not sure. <laughs> um, so the the concept of the world spell that's mine. Um, uh, y- you know, and and the fact that Freylise uh, was the um, uh, initiator of it, and the fact that that it has its roots in a combination of of uh, you know uh, magic spells from from across the colors uh, was uh, was mine as well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so. Um, uh, it was it was awesome. So yeah, all the backstories, the 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 result uh, of the shard, you know, the um, uh, the shard of twelve worlds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, was all my stuff, and a lot of that was to in in the in the design of fantasy universes. Um, I'm always concerned about kind of kitchen sink fantasy right. uh, and how we can, you know, whip out laser guns to to fight, you know, magic users and things like that. And I wanted to be careful to maintain the integrity of the magic universe. So I, I actually rec- recommended the shard and the uh, and and sealing 
these characters in so that that uh, they couldn't just run away <laughs> and mm-hmm. and magic planeswalkers were like so infinitely powerful at mm-hmm. the time they just would come and go and i said let's lock them up <laughs> yeah. so so so, way, so like is that farallon's mm-hmm. punishment for farallon escapes the shard and his punishment is immediately getting vaporized by a fairy dragon <laughs> so it's so sweet. great it's one of my favorite so moments in the comics <laughs> uh yeah. so gosh I, honestly dominar now that i'm thinking about it and you're saying these things. Dominaria United has like so many more references to your work than I was even thinking of at the time. And that actually brings me to the to the next thing I wanted to ask you about, which is um, you wrote the first actual story for Antiquities. And we are, gosh, going back to the Brothers War for the third time uh-huh. uh, <laughs> in, in a few months. I'm excited. I, I, I feel a retcon coming. I feel one Oh, coming. gosh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not a retcon of time travel is involved, right? That's, that's different. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. The uh, No, I don't even want to make a joke because someone's going to post it on Reddit and it's going to be on the wiki within like, 24 <laughs> hours. So I'm not even going to make a joke. The only joke I made was... Um, when Sean and McGuire was talking about uh, the Brothers War and My Hero Academia, I said, oh, yeah, Ayers is going to say, you know, shout out Detroit Smash before uh, activating the Silex. Wow. Uh, <laughs> but that is that is not true, folks. That is not true. I'm kidding. That is a joke. Well, you can't just say it's not true. You got to leave the people in suspense. It might be true. We'll have to find out in a couple months. <laughs> uh, so anyway... <laughs> Uh, anyway, Jeff, tell us about developing the Antiquities War, uh, and then I know um, you know who Biren Boer is, the Multiverse in Review. He's done a lot of like work looking back at the comics. Yeah, actually, his his uh, work is some of the best uh, uh, on that period anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, tell us a little bit about developing the story and what happened that. Um, there was no, I think there was supposed to be like a third, like mini series to conclude the Brothers War. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about developing it from the card set and then sure. Um, sure. where where you were heading with it and, and what happened? Well, um, uh, in, in all honesty, the um, what, what was what was a little strange was that I was deep into um, uh, building out. A, a a kind of super arc, guys, for for the Armada comics, which was destined to resolve itself in uh, a video game, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. Magic: The Gathering Battle Mage, mm-hmm. and um, and that game. Now I, I understand it wasn't that great a game, but it sure was ambitious. That you know, at the time, yeah. they, it was a big deal, uh, and um, and so. The, the arc that I was uh, creating there was that there would be this incredible backstory, which was rooted in, uh, you know, the dark and fallen empires and, and uh, Ice Age going all the way to the present, which was the storyline that I was developing with Jared Carthalian and the Shadow Mage and his adventures and, um, and rooted in the, the kind of civil planeswalker conflicts uh, uh, that, that were involved in all of that. And in all honesty, the uh, uh, Urza and Mishra were not a part of all that. 
and um, and it was it it was so dense, guys, that that um, like the the lore of it, I, I found it kind of impenetrable. <laughs> there was a poem, you know, and and, and uh-huh. so forth. heavy duty. So I asked uh, Watsy for for some help, and they got me a guy named Jerry Prosser, um, and he was. Um, he was kind of a, a an affiliate, a freelancer who had worked with with Watsi and understood that lore a lot more than than I did. Um, and so um, uh, I started working with him. And the other thing, uh, guys, which you know, in retrospect, I, I understand it, but it, it felt super strange at the time. Um, uh, Wizards of the Coast they loved. Um, Sandman and and a lot of the the more uh, uh, mature readers uh, comic books mm-hmm. uh, at, at the time hilariously also relevant now because of the Sandman of course, adaptation of course. yeah 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 you know and and uh, and I uh, you know I was the first one to to agree with them in terms of of loving Dave McKeon and and uh, uh, Charles Vess and and these incredible. Um, uh, you know, kind of mature readers, uh, artists, but the, those guys didn't sell many comic books, believe it or not. So comparatively speaking, popular comics with lots of action and, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, overt references to magic and the cards and, and things like that, uh, that was what was favored at, at the company. And this stuff, you know, they, they said, well, then throw us a bone <laughs> with uh, uh, the Antiquities War and Urza Mishra, uh, you know, do the adult book. Um, and, um, and so we did. And they didn't sell as well. But, but <laughs> they're, they're gorgeous. And, and, mm-hmm. and I love working with, with those guys. Um, uh, uh, Paul Smith, Phil Hester. Uh, Tom Ryder as an inker. It was, it's just beautiful. Um, uh, but they, they uh, kind of functioned on their own track separately from the, the main thrust of the epic narrative that I was, uh, I was building. Um, uh, the, 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 the Urza Mishra war, uh, graphic novels were awesome. And I got to work with, um, uh, two of the greatest comic book people of all time, Bill Sankevich, um, and, um, uh, his uh, the the inker Tom Palmer, and the, the, it was just gorgeous stuff. Um, uh, we did a, a computer graphics cover that that Sienkiewicz did, and um, uh, it, it was fantastic. And there was supposed to be um, a, a third uh, and final uh, chapter to it all that was supposed to lead into future Watsi releases, um, uh, but um, uh, we were you know everything got rushed um you know with the comic book implosion oh okay so there were a couple factors going on there because that was right around the same time when um wiz the coast seemed to be bringing things more internally mm-hmm. uh like with uh Mir- the mirage story and leading into the weather light did, That's did right. that just coincide with the because i'm looking 1996 yeah did that just coincide with like the comics imploding and everything along those lines Mirage. We were headed there. Uh, we were going to do the 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 um, Planeswalker War, um, uh, the big climactic uh, uh, situation, and um, 
uh, that was going to introduce Teferi and, right. and uh, uh, the the characters from uh, Mirage. Yeah, we were we were, oh, wow. uh, and, and their world, uh, their land was uh, just west of Corridor. Um, mm-hmm. and, and on on some maps, you could still see how closely mm-hmm. they were all related. Yeah, there. I think it's like uh, it ended up getting put sa- just south of Corridor, but it's yeah, like southwest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. yeah. The uh, the Planeswalker War is kind of an ongoing joke I make on the podcast when I reference things that Wizards of the Coast drop that everyone really wants to know the ending to, and yet we'll never know. There's a couple of things in Wizards history now. There's a a couple of books and novellas that were uh, never released <laughs> that we just we don't know what happened. So well, we now we know at the very least that Jared and Dihada survived. Mm-hmm. Um, but that brings me to another thing. So. Uh, Talk to me, talk to us, I should say, about um, the video game. So the Magic the Gathering microprose game, if you had any. I know you worked on the Chandelier comics. Yes, I did. Um, I, I, wrote, I wrote a lot of it. Um, and then the, so the video games. Let's talk about uh, how, sure. how, you piv- how these pivoted into video games and like what you might have had to do with the games themselves. Uh, absolutely. Um, uh, the um, the there were two games that went into development at the same time. Uh, they were Battle Mage, which was coming uh, from uh, a group called Real Time, which was owned by Acclaim, mm-hmm. and uh, and then there was Microprose, which had a a, a separate license um, uh, to Magic, and the format was was a little different. And um, uh, in terms of timing. Um, uh, they they were they were roughly happening at the same time, but um, but the microprose one was um, was they it, it could not take place on Dominaria, so um, uh, I was crafty, <laughs> and and um, and wanted to figure out how I could tie it into canon. I'm a big canon guy, mm-hmm. so um, you know how does that work? And um, and a, a number of the characters and so forth uh, uh, crossed over and and moved back and forth between uh, Chandelier and the Ice Age story. Uh, actually, yeah. So at the end, you had uh, you're talking about you you had Freylise cast the world spell, and then Limdul, Lashrak, and Tevish Zat all moved to Chandelier, which also again relevant got picked up years later in a different plot line that was just revealed that this one character who also had ties to Chandelar was Limdul. There you go. There you go. Limdul from Ice Age. Yep. So did you for the Microprose game did you uh work on the story for the game itself um or yeah. like the the manual yeah, connecting I mean, the stories? It, uh, I, I kind of functioned as a, a creative editor, uh, of providing them with a framework for, for mm-hmm. how this fits into the greater universe, okay. who these characters were, how they can function in the context of their story and so forth. Um, and they, they took it from there. Okay, gotcha. Uh, and what about for Battle Mage? Battle Mage was, uh, for better or worse, my baby. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, everything was leading to it. Um, uh, it, it was. It was a, uh, in terms of transmedia. It was going to to show you the the military campaign of of the war, and and the comics were going to show you the the intensely personal, um, uh, you know, stakes mm-hmm. of of war and what what became of the characters. And um, 
they they kind of bled into each other and um uh you know the 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 problem was that they they just bit off more than they can chew and um uh and i i was suddenly responsible for creating uh, a 500 page script for uh battle <laughs> Um, and it was it was just so much to do in so little uh, an amount of time. I pulled together a few other writers who had been working on the comics to help me. And um, uh, uh, Rags Morales, who was doing the artwork for the Planeswalker War graphic novels, um, uh, did the artwork, f- uh, most of the artwork for uh, Battle Mage. So when you mm-hmm. see the characters mm-hmm. in Battle Mage, that's how they would have looked in the uh, in the graphic novels. Oh, neat. Uh, uh, but um, uh, you know, it, it they, they just they the the branching component of of the story they couldn't get it right. So you kept moving from one region to the next on Corridor and bumping into people who made references to stuff that you may not have you know any idea what they're talking about. <laughs> oh, gotcha. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. Um, and they did some rewriting uh, of my dialogue. My my characters spoke in a roughly contemporary way in the comics, and they they did a lot of these and thous and and and, and that that sort they of. They fantasied it up. Yeah, we they have fantasied to fantasied it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even um, even these days, we have to tell people to avoid the speech colloquialisms and just just speak in modern vernacular. Exactly. Exactly. See that that was established way back in these comics. Mm. Um, but you know, even though the the outcome wasn't great, the the experience of it was, guys, it was fantastic. Imagine uh, your D and D campaign being turned into a video game, and 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 so you're standing there in you know Washington with the redwood trees out the window, and there's a, a dozen graphic designers building parts of Corridor. That existed, you know, uh-huh. uh, 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 six or seven years earlier in in my D and D campaign. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. really, really an incredible feeling. I mean, I I, I know a, a fraction of that feeling because uh, one of my D and D characters uh, does exist in a flavor text from the D and D set that came out last year. <laughs> there you go. Uh, when, <laughs> when we were working on that set. Um, our uh, coordinator was like, hey, everyone, like, talk about your D&D characters because, uh, you know, we're going to need names for flavor tech quote attributions. And I'd love to just, like, get your characters into the set. And so uh, uh, most of the not existing D&D characters that exist in the flavor text of uh, Adventures in the Forgotten Realms are uh, D&D characters from one of the people who wrote names and flavor text for the set. So so we all kind of got our D&D characters into there, which is very cool. It's Still surreal. So cool. <laughs> now, um, the 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 video game that almost no one ever talks about uh, was Magic: The Gathering Armageddon, a coin-operated arcade. That's game. a fighting game, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, um, yeah. E- e- even the hardest core fans have to be reminded that exists sometimes. <laughs> Um, and again, it, it was it was pretty awesome because uh, you know a few of my characters made it all the way in uh, uh, to the the game, and um, uh, you know, and and it it did show up. 
<laughs> in in a few arcades. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I, I think the problem there was that a claim was <laughs> on its way out <laughs> mm -hmm. at the company. Um, uh, they were they had some some problems there. It was a trackball game, which is, is super cool. Like I didn't know that yeah. actually. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's let's pivot a little bit. We know, you know, like comics imploded. A cl acclaim was on its way out. Um, Magic took the story internally. Uh, you've obviously moved on to other projects now. Uh, can you talk a little bit about um, moving on to like your expertise in the transmedia storytelling arena? Like, what are the challenges there? Um, and we can relate it to some of your experience with Magic, uh, if you want to, or whatever projects you want to do. Uh, but I think a lot of fans will be very interested to hear, like, the behind the scenes, the challenges of developing uh, a franchise with different properties. Uh, so, um, different when, media, I should say. When um, the, 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 the biggest charge that I got out of the, the, the Magic project was that um, uh, that readers who who read the various miniseries that came out, some of which were very only the most loosely connected, uh, a thing that took place in the same multiverse and, and so mm -hmm. forth. But I'd really work hard to um, uh, to drop little Easter eggs, little tiny allusions, even if it was in the text at the back of the comic book uh -huh. or, or something like. That that would uh, make a fan realize that there was a greater plan, that there was a, a, a schematic to this universe. And, um, and then um, I still had so much lore left over that, um, that I asked uh, if I could have a, an intern create this thing called a website so that I could just <laughs> dump more on, on the site. Mm -hmm. And the claim said, as long as it doesn't cost us money. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that's like. Do you know that the server crashed with with so much interest in uh, in in those characters in that lore? Um, oh, they, awesome. they didn't know. They, you know, it was tens of thousands, then hundreds of thousands of of, uh, of clicks onto that that uh, simple page with a MIDI, a little musical <laughs> MIDI, and a map of Corridor. And um, uh, and so you know the the communication with the fans, um, uh, the the ability to use email to to get fan feedback, mm -hmm. the fact that there was a website, comic books that were interconnected, uh, video games that were interconnected, um, it, it, it convinced me that you could walk away from that approach another company and say, hey, let me design your transmedia universe. Uh, let me design a, a, a story world that doesn't repeat itself one medium after next. Like, here's the comic book of Star Wars. Here's the novel of mm -hmm. Star Wars A New Hope. Here's the movie Star Wars A New Hope. Um, that's the way it used to be. Um, uh, what if each uh, medium uh, uh, told you a story that was that leveraged the strengths of that medium, and when you used your own mind to put things together, it worked. They snapped together like a puzzle. That was awesome, and that's I. It, that was I found myself mm -hmm. <laughs> with that kind of uh, uh, of approach 
and I formed a company called Starlight Runner in 2000, uh, just a, a couple of years after the last Magic uh, came out, and um, um, uh, and I started to talk about it uh, to the press, to anyone who would listen, conferences and, and things like that, and we got a call from Mattel. Um, uh, and uh, uh, Mattel, one of the people running Mattel at the time, had been at, a, at Acclaim Entertainment. And she said, hey, can you do that thing that you did for Turok and, and Magic the Gathering for Hot Wheels cars? <laughs> <laughs> and that was cool because there was no characters. There were no storylines behind those cars. It was just a bunch of die-cast metal cars. Mm-hmm. So I said, yes. <laughs> um, uh, uh, you know, and and um, and I dragged out, believe it or not, another D and D campaign. Uh-huh. Um, it was called Global Global Run Twenty Twenty. Um, uh, I I because I use Dungeons and Dragons rule system for all my role playing games, yeah. <laughs> and this was about a race around the world, uh, uh, a la Speed Racer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, and I just dug that that storyline out and started plugging Hot Wheels cars into it, <laughs> and, and it worked. There was an animated series, uh, thirty six comic books, uh, all, all kinds of special doodads, video games. Um, uh, that that intellectual property ran for ten years. It was on Cartoon Network. Oh, that's so know, fun! As a series, and I produced and and co wrote that series. And that really kind of uh, cemented uh, my reputation as somebody who could do weird stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Nice. Which you, you don't you don't realize how strange that was. It was an alien concept to to design something that operated that way. I think the only other people who were doing it that way were the 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 Lego. What was the Bionicle? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Bionicle was doing that. Um, uh, that's the one transmedia thing I didn't do <laughs> uh, back then. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, you know, and so the Walt Disney Company recognized the success of, of Hot Wheels and asked me if I could do that for Pirates of the Caribbean um, and then for Fairies and then for uh, Tron and, and so forth. And in, in doing all of that, I, I was able to persuade Disney that there should be a canon for every universe that they build, and and that canon should be orchestrated in concert across the divisions of the company. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. guess what they're doing today? Mm, yep. <laughs> oh, you know, yeah, this... I, I'm not taking credit for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, <laughs> but I, I, I take a little credit for the mentality that allowed them to uh, embrace the the approach that the Marvel and the Star Wars uh, mm-hmm. universes are taking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say that this is uh this is essentially what we all live in now is just uh, transmedia storytelling is almost the default. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> and it's still not often well done. No. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> oh no jeez oh, no. uh, we won't well that i mean that that gets into some of the the challenges with this kind of thing though right like it, it's very much dependent on leadership buy-in is probably the best way to put it mm-hmm. for when it comes to especially these movie franchises um yeah. and there are just so many things that can go wrong on the business side well and and like 
you you actually right. you actually have to take the time and plan and structure which is like look i i love a lot of dc stuff um a lot of their animated series are some of the best superhero pieces of superhero media i've experienced uh and then they, and they I, I always felt they just kind of rushed into their sim- cinematic universe saw saw all the money marvel was making and said we can do that and kind of rushed in without like planning everything out and and now look at it i just want to see the batgirl movie please like (laughs) yeah that's a whole separate thing all right uh we do have one question that that came up from our our cast we someone added into the notes and i forgot to ask it when we were there so which characters from the armada comics were the ones uh that you picked up and plugged in from your own campaign (laughs) um oh my gosh um uh let me uh let me think uh, uh back um there so uh, you know i don't know every single one that wound up um mm-hmm. as a card uh-huh. <laughs> um, uh so at, at least in the comics there was a a group of elves um uh from from my corridor who made it in um uh, Is it the Quirian elves the Quirian elves mhm there you go um, yes, uh, they, they were, you know, transposed, uh, uh directly. Um, uh, uh, the, the entire, uh, Carthalian lineage, um, all the ones with the, with a J for a name were, were all, <laughs> all mine taken from my campaign. Uh-huh. Fair enough. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the, um, uh, there was a character named Eskel, E-S-K-I-L. Eskel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there was a a, a a mage called Grenfell, G R E N F E L L. Grenfell Moore. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. There you I, go. I just put together like a Carthalian family line thing that I tweeted oh, out. Yeah. So I remember him because he was like Jared's grandfather. I think. There you go. <laughs> I hope you're you're happy to know that uh, we just got a a new Jared Carthalian card in Magic: The Gathering. This coming out with this set. And we are also getting a new Quirian elf card. In this oh, set. really? Well, she's a she's a dryad. A dryad but, yeah, yeah, it's a dryad. Uh-huh. But from it's a Quirian. Um, so your your legacy is still happening today. It's still lasting into the modern magic era. Some of the characters were were mine, but they were named uh, by uh, by Watsi uh, people or renamed for whatever mm-hmm. reason. Uh-huh. Um, uh, and that, and a lot of them were uh, out of uh, Jared's story. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, uh, the 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 planeswalker uh, lover of of his Christina 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 of the Woods was um, uh, a um, a co creation of mine and and John Tynes. I love I, Christina. He, he had a girlfriend named Christina. You get my drift. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so that continued. is not shocking. Like the Shrek <laughs> is just an anagram for Charles. You know, yeah. like there's there's a whole lot of early magic story stuff that was that kind of thing. Now you got to be more subtle about it. That I think, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, but as a person who creates names for flavors of text characters, sometimes you don't got to be that subtle. No, you don't have to be <laughs> subtle at all. Not even remotely. Sometimes really blunt names are really excellent. Oh. <laughs> Guys, um, you, you know, just in reflection... Um, th- there were so many things that were special about that experience, and one of them w- was uh, that that uh, Watsi was pretty woke at the time. 
you know, um, they uh, in the years after Magic the Gathering, um, every time I created a major female character for a, a, a franchise, uh, there was push pushback. Um, do you, you know why are there mm-hmm. so many? girls in this <laughs> you know why why does she have to be so strong you know wh- where's the oh, why why isn't she a love interest you know oh, um, uh, women need to serve the hero you, you know uh, a character you know, i would literally hear that wizard of the coast <laughs> never uh, uh did that never 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 you know christina was a mentor uh, uh to to jared not someone who looked at him starry-eyed uh, uh, Liana was, uh, you know, was a, a magic user, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you thought that she could be a, you know, a love interest, but nope, she had business to take care of and, and so forth. So, you know, I liked the, the fact that, um, uh, there could be, uh, that kind of diversity and that kind of power in, in it. And another unique element guys was, was the, um, uh, the fact that Jared uh, uh, was impoverished and looked a little weird and, mm-hmm. and so forth, had that giant head of hair and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and, and so forth. They, um, uh, they allowed for that. And, mm-hmm. and I appreciated that because, um, because a lot of companies at the time would say, well, he has to be, you know, uh, white and blonde and, you know, uh, you, you can't put scars on his face and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And, yeah, that scar wound up being the, the what, what is it, guys? The, um, the, the the Mark of the Elder Druid. The Mark yeah, of the, the Elder green, Druid. The green crescent moon. I yeah. swear, I, I, I only remember this stuff. No, I'm not. I'm, who am I kidding? Of course I know this stuff. It's... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I did just put together that whole family tree thing, so I remember it very clearly. Uh-huh. I just Thank did you. it like last week Thank you for uh, for paying attention to that. That's that's awesome. So you know, it was a it was a dream come true. Uh, you know, and and a testament to, um, uh, you know, j- just concentrating on on how you're going to carve out a path in life. That you're going to be satisfied with, you know, being able to to do that laid the groundwork for this career that I've had. That's incredible. I I, I shot Avatar with James Cameron, mm-hmm. you know. Nice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I, I'm I'm the worldwide Ultraman guy, mm-hmm. you know, it's developing awesome. that universe and dusting it off and making it new again for uh, for fans. Um, and, um, and, and next guys, uh, 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 the, what's the future for me is that yet another, uh, old, uh, D and D campaign was, uh, was bought by a big old gigantic media company as a transmedia property. And I'm, I'm, I'm just starting to work on it now. I can't talk about it too much, but, um, but uh, again, um, you know, D and D was my muse, mm-hmm. man. It was the, it was my my way of expressing myself and my creativity when I didn't have the money to have a typewriter mm-hmm. or, or a, you know, a movie camera or anything like that. Uh, so it's it, um, uh, I think Wizard of the Coast is wonderful for continuing to promote that level of imagination and, and, and for celebrating the past uh, as mm-hmm. well. Uh, you know, Ethan Flesher, 
uh, tapping me on the shoulder every once in a while or sending me a Jared card in the mail. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he did that. Oh, that sounds like Ethan. Yeah, he's great. Um, he's another one who listens to this. So we make fun of him all the time on this. Podcast. We say a lot of nice <laughs> things about him, too, by the way. <laughs> We do. That is true. We He also gets bullied because of us, because people are asking about, oh, yeah, just today on a live stream, Jeff, he got asked about uh, when there's going to be a Chromium vehicle card for the planar barge <laughs> uh, and, and another obscure planeswalker that Lorelai loves. Um, I'll admit to asking both of those questions. <laughs> Sorry, Ethan. <laughs> Is is there a planar barge card? Not, <laughs> Not yet, yet, but Ethan said <laughs> if if they if they revisit the Elder Dragons again, he might do a flip card with the uh, planar barge on the reverse side, which oh, we've talked about in previous story uh, podcasts. Hey. We're not going to get into it here. Um, all right, so we're we're coming up on an hour wait, here. Wait, wait, I, I usually... have one very important question. Um, and I've been saving this question because this is a question I have often asked, and I have a very rare opportunity here. Um, so we mentioned the Homelands comic earlier, uh, and and one of the important facets of Ogrotha's world building is this uh, planar portal that sits beneath um, Sengir's castle that uh, you know, <laughs> siphons mana into the plane, known as the Dwarven Gate. Uh, and, and it's always talked about uh, as this mysterious... Uh, as this mysterious portal, what's on the other side? And so I, I have jokingly in the past asked a lot, well, what's on the other side of the Dwarven Gate? And so I'm curious if there was ever a concept for what that would be, or if there were, like, plans to, like, continue a, a Sengir invasion somewhere, or or if that was just a, hey, we'll leave this mysterious, and if we need to solve this later, we can solve this later type thing. Sure, sure. Well, you know, um, in, in, uh, in, 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 Great world design. Mm -hmm. And you can see this in what Feige does with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm -hmm. um, you're building a tree. Right. And the tree has has branches, and some of them are visible to the audience. Some of uh, them have already been constructed and are visible to the creator. Mm -hmm. And some of them just stop in midair, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, to be picked up on, on later. Now, if I'm remembering correctly... Um, there was a there was a sequence in Homelands where um, my characters kind of popped in um, a Ravidel, Sandrew, mm -hmm. um, you know, when, some, some when, when Taysir sends uh, Sandrew to the other side of the multiverse because he's jealous. Uh, that's yeah, right. Now, asshole. That's not what you're talking about. The 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 portal through which no no the it's, it's, uh, the portal that the dwarves that so the Sanger's castle is built on top of a dwarven city, and the dwarves that built the city came through a portal. Um, and and we never knew what was on the other side of the portal, but Sanger was talking about building an army and marching through it. I'm so sorry. Um, I, I'm either not remembering it, or that's or okay. it was not, or that's one of them branches that <laughs> uh -huh. in midair. Um, you know, uh, it'll just be a forever mystery. When when you're in the middle of something that's that successful. Uh -huh. You don't think it's going to end, uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So, so especially at those numbers, and so it was just amazing, and and um, and it ended really suddenly uh, because I, mm -hmm. I would have loved to have picked up on all of that and worked with with Watsi. They, you're right. They they were starting to kind of move internal, mm -hmm. um, uh, but um, 
uh, but that particular one, I'm so sorry, I don't, uh, I don't have the answer for that That's one. That's okay. That's all right. That's one of those obscure questions that we ask, like every early magic person, like where does the dwarven gate go? Because that was kind of the first uh, breadcrumb, breadcrumb, breadcrumb mm-hmm. bread uh, left behind that just hasn't been answered in thirty years. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, well, we we used to be asking who the Raven Man is, but now we know that answer. Okay, so. yeah, we asked yes. who the Raven Man was, and then we constructed an entire theory about <laughs> why he could be Limduel, and now that's just real, and that's weird, also. <laughs> And then I got hired at Wizards of the Coast, and I told everyone I knew who he should be uh, repeatedly and incessantly. And then they came to me one day uh, and sent me the outlines for the side stories. And one of them was, and Liliana will learn the true identity of the Raven Man. And I was just like, yes! (laughs) You know, canonically, in in the Planeswalker War, Jared ascended and became a a Mm -hmm. Planeswalker. And Mm -hmm. and because that, that story wasn't told... I'm wondering uh, whether uh, Ethan is going to do me a solid (laughs) (laughs) and get that kid finally, uh, uh, you know, walking some planes. (laughs) Oh, he's he's got it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jared Jared has a planeswalker card in one of the commander decks. Yeah, so it's it's a Jared commander uh, planeswalker and a Dahada planeswalker. Oh, okay, that's that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Um, okay, so we have kept you, I promised you an hour, and we've kept you a little bit over that. Uh, so let's move on. What we do is final thoughts, and we just, it can be about anything. Uh, my final thought is, Jeff, I don't know if you've heard of this game, uh, but Gigabash is a lot of fun. It's a four-player kaiju game, and since you're working on Ultraman, I had to mention there's the dad bod, slightly over-the-hill Ultraman fighter in it that is just a hilarious character. So if you haven't checked it out, absolutely do so. You really have to check it out. It's a, it, it would be considered a bit of a rival, but um, uh, <laughs> yes, I will take a look. That's awesome. Jay, I think Gigabash has been your final thought for like a month straight <laughs> I now. want everyone <laughs> to buy Gigabash so I can get another video game. It's just like it's made by this small indie Indonesian team where they have all their like parody versions of monsters but they're like if someone wanted to actually license us one of these characters will include them uh but yeah that's all i got oh i'm looking at it now it's awesome look this looks great i don't i don't even know if i have so i've just been smiling this whole time uh because this is this has just been it's been fantastic having you here uh jeff it's i i'm a big fan of the armada comics um i love a lot of the characters um from them the characterizations um i'm a huge tevisat fan i love the way that he and lashrak argue like a married couple they're the best evil frenemies the multiverse has ever seen i love christina um you know the the homelands comic is fantastic it's beautiful poor ravi um and it's just (laughs) This is great. I didn't know you listened to our show, and I'm just really flattered about that. Still, and it's an hour later, um, and yeah, no, this is this has just been excellent. You know, you know why? Here's here's why I do. Um, there, there is a, 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 a little bit of an incompletion for it. You uh-huh. know, I, I, I've had a successful career between you and me, uh-huh. um, and my work gets done. Do you see? Mm-hmm. And um, and that was one of the few times that the plug was pulled uh-huh. before I uh, before I finished telling uh-huh. the story. 
Uh, And I've hinted to Ethan, you know, that story can be finished, you know. (laughs) I know what happened. I would would love nothing. So, like, we actually finally Um, got details about the Elder Dragon War. Like, the Planeswalker War is the next big thing for us to, like, actually get a thing for. So, hopefully, for the both of our sake, hopefully one day we get to tell that story. I, I think that would be fantastic. So, so, um, so occasionally I listen because it's fascinating to me that that the, the those stories are remembered by you know maybe mm-hmm. a few hundred people, and, um, and <laughs> there's and, a few thousand. And <laughs> <laughs> Our, we have we have a good following. I'll tell you that. Well, I, I mean, That's and also like, so I got to write Sarah. Um, I, I I do some VO work for um, uh, Arena, our digital game. And uh, so I got to write Sarah last year and um, a lot of her characterization I pulled right out of the Homelands comic. I think there's there's at least one direct quote from the comic. And and it was like really the only existing. And it it was weird to me that I was like sitting here realizing that, like, I'm like one of the only authors who has ever written this character really since that comic and the very little bit in one of the novels. And that that was kind of surreal that like one of the most beloved planeswalkers in history that I was just like kind of standing on the giant shoulders that you built with the comics. And, and that was very humbling. And, and uh, so, yeah, no, this has just been. A, That's yeah. great. We wanted Rebecca to do the Sarah graphic novel. Uh, that was one of the ones on the dock uh, when this thing ended. So, yeah. Oh, so mm. good. Anyway, it would have been. That's, that's, um, but my thank you. That's thought. great. Yeah. Great. Well, my final thought is that uh, she Hulk is great. And, uh, it's hilarious, and if you're mad about it, stay mad. <laughs> it's, been, you, Brian. it's been really fun. <laughs> I, I have not watched the the newest episode yet, but it, the first episode was very fun. I uh, I have to finish Sandman before I can start anything else. Um, my final thought was going to be that the Boom Comics uh, a Johnny special issue came out, uh, written by Shauna McGuire, and it's incredible. It's a Really fun read. It's got characters you'd never expect. Uh-huh. Uh, one of them, I, I even had it spoiled to me, but it was still just <laughs> like, I was still like, what? Um, anyways, but I, that was going to be my final thought. But now my final thought is, Jeff, how do we get you to write the Planeswalker War comics? Because I need them. <laughs> how, can we Can we put you in touch? Can like boom and you talk? I I just need the Planeswalker War to be resolved for my own sanity. I did not grow up <laughs> reading the Armada comics. I am not like an old lore fan, but the fact that there's this hanging open unanswered question of the Planeswalker war has bothered me for years. Like it's, it's been one thing I'm constantly bringing up on the, on the podcast. I need it. Well, that's very sweet. Um, Hey, uh, you know, not only do, uh, do I have that story? I followed generally enough to uh, particularly the dominaria related stuff to be able to to kind of shoehorn it into canon um you know and and uh and have it be you know i'd work with uh with watsy to do that that's my fantasy of it at least yeah. to um to make it happen um but uh, uh do as you wish <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's great. Um, uh, to that end, uh, it's at Jeff underscore Gomez is my Twitter. Um, uh, you can uh, you can find me on LinkedIn if if you want to connect professionally. I talk about my professional work on LinkedIn. Uh, uh, 
Jeff Gomez. It's easy to find. And um, uh, and I'm on uh, a Facebook because I'm old. Um, and and there I, I mostly talk about Ultraman and and you know personal stuff and so forth. Great. That that was good. That that did the, the good segue into the part that I didn't have to do the segue into. Thank you. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, uh, once again, uh, thank you, Jeff, for uh, coming on the show. This has been fantastic. Uh, listeners out there, I hope you all really enjoyed this episode. Uh, and if you want to uh, support the show and uh, keep us uh, keep us uh, airing episodes so we get to do more cool stuff like this, you can head over to patreon.com slash the Vorthos cast. Uh, everyone who supports us there gets access to our Discord community, where Vorthoses from around the world are uh, getting really excited about Dominaria United coming out soon. Uh, I believe the full by by the time this episode's out, we'll have all the cards, and then uh, in in a couple days, I think, is the digital releases, and then all that. Yeah, so uh, that's coming out very soon. And that's very exciting. Um, you, know, you know, like uh, Chris mentioned, there's a new Johnny comic. Um, we're gonna have the next. Uh, mainline boom comic out soon uh so there's just a lot of fun stuff to talk about and um for uh the people who want to get involved in in some more uh close and personal activities we do have a higher tier where you can be a live listener when we record our episodes uh which usually happens around 7 p.m on uh eastern time on uh thursdays uh and so a lot of people are in here in the chat with us today as we uh talk to jeff and have just been and really enjoying all these stories I can see them. <laughs> uh, and, um, you know, so it gets you access to some conversations that happen before and after the show. It uh, gets you the episode a, a couple days early. Uh, and, and you get to hear a, a lot of cool stuff and have a cool, unique experience. So, um, you know, we, we want to thank uh, everyone who supports our show. Uh, Y'all are wonderful and are the reason that we get to keep doing this. Thank you all for listening. This has been the Vorthos Cast.